Howdy and good morning, faithful listeners, and happy Friday. We're going to be finishing up the week by finishing up Judges chapter 20 today. So let's read Judges 20, 29 through 48, and we'll get into this story. Now, if you guys don't remember what happened the last few times we've been discussing the story, I highly recommend going back and listening to previous episodes, or better yet, just read it in the Bible for yourself. <laughs> because even though I, I bring this podcast to you guys and I enjoy teaching you scripture, Scripture is the best teacher, and so that's why I always highly recommend you go in and read it for yourself. But anyway, to do a quick recap from the book of Judges, Israel is just about to be in a civil war. Israel against the tribe of Benjamin, because the tribe of Benjamin harbored these evil men that were raping and killing people, specifically a concubine who was raped and beaten and killed and then when Israel heard about it, obviously they were very, very upset, not to mention very disturbed because they actually received her body parts in the mail. But I won't go into that at this moment. So after they find out about what happened to that concubine that was raped and beaten by the men of Benjamin, they go over to the city of Gibeah and they tell the, the tribe of Benjamin, they say, hey, bring out the evil men who did this so that we can kill them, basically. And of course, Benjamin was like, no, we're not going to do that because we we protect our own. So Benjamin, instead of giving up the evil men, decide to go to war. And so they have 26,000 men, Benjamite men, that are going up to war against the rest of Israel. And the rest of Israel had 400,000 fighting men. So this wasn't a great idea for Benjamin to engaged in a civil war against Israel. But what's interesting is that it looked like Benjamin was winning for the first few days of this war because Benjamin actually killed more Israelite men on the first few days than Benjamin even had in fighting soldiers. So Israel saw this huge defeat in the first few days. And so Israel is crying and praying and begging not to go to war against their brother, Benjamin. And now God says, no, you're going to go to war and I'm actually going to deliver them into your hand tomorrow. So that's where we leave off. So let's go ahead and read verses 29 through 48 of Judges chapter 20. Make sure to grab that delicious cup of seven weeks coffee or a cup of tea this morning to share with me. And let's enjoy reading God's word together. Israel set ambushes all around Gibeah. The children of Israel went up against the children of Benjamin on the third day and set themselves in array against Gibeah as at other times. The children of Benjamin went out against the people and were drawn away from the city. And they began to strike and kill the people as at other times, in the highways of which one goes up to Bethel and the other up to Gibeah, in the field, about 30 men of Israel. The children of Benjamin said, they are struck down before us as at first. But the children of Israel said, let's flee and draw them away from the city to the highways. All the men of Israel rose up out of their place and set themselves in array at Baal Tamar. Then the ambushers of Israel broke out of their place, even at Merageba. 10,000 chosen men of all of Israel came over against Gibeah, and the battle was severe, but they didn't know that disaster was close to them. Yahweh struck Benjamin before Israel, and the children of Israel destroyed Benjamin that day, 25,100 men. All these drew the sword. So the children of Benjamin saw that they were struck, for the men of Israel yielded to Benjamin because they had trusted the ambushers whom they had set against Gibeah. The ambushers hurried and rushed on Gibeah. 
Then the ambushers spread out and struck all the city with the edge of the sword. Now the appointed sign between the men of Israel and the ambushers was that they should make a great cloud of smoke rise up out of that city. The men of Israel turned in the battle, and Benjamin began to strike and kill the men of Israel, about thirty persons. For they said, Surely they are struck down before us, as in the first battle. But when the cloud began to rise up out of the city in a pillar of smoke, the Benjamites looked behind them, and behold, the whole city went up in smoke to the sky. The men of Israel turned, and the men of Benjamin were dismayed, for they saw that disaster had come on them. Therefore they turned their backs before the men of Israel to the way of the wilderness, but the battle followed hard after them, and those who came out of the cities destroyed them in the middle of it. They surrounded the Benjamites, chased them, and trod them down at their resting place, as far as near Gibeah toward the sunrise. Eighteen thousand men of Benjamin fell. All these were men of valor. They turned and fled toward the wilderness to the rock of Rimmon. They gleaned five thousand men of them in the highways, and followed hard after them to Gittim, and struck two thousand men of them, so that all who fell that day of Benjamin were twenty-five thousand men who drew the sword, and all of these were men of valor. But six hundred men turned and fled towards the wilderness to the rock of Rimmon, and stayed in the rock of Rimmon for four months. The men of Israel turned again on the children of Benjamin, and struck them with the edge of the sword, including the entire city, the livestock, and all that they found. Moreover, they set all the cities which they found on fire. You know, the older I get, the more I realize that there's always a line. <laughs> there's always a line that you can't cross. And this line is very thin. And if you cross too much to like one side, you're doing something wrong. But if you cross too much to the other side, you're also doing something wrong. Does that make sense? You have to like find the line and like stay on it. But it just seems like that's kind of what's happening here with this entire battle that's going on between Israel and the Benjamites. Last time we talked about this on Wednesday, that the Israelites are like crying and pleading and being like, no, we don't want to go up against the Benjamites. And God's like, no, you're going to go up against the Benjamites because they sinned drastically. So you're going to go do it. And so it goes from like one extreme of the Israelites crying and pleading with God not to have to do this to the other extreme of Israel going and literally slaughtering all of Benjamin. And so it's, it's just so interesting how you can see that there's a line that Israel should have stayed on. And then they went from like one extreme to the next, if that makes sense. So it says here that after God told Israel that they were in fact going to take the tribe of Benjamin and defeat them, Israel decides to figure out how to properly do this. And so it says in the first verse that we read today, verse 29, that Israel set ambushes all around Gibeah. And the children of Israel went up against the children of Benjamin on the third day and set themselves in ambushes. So instead of just going and like fighting against Gibeah, like they had done the first two days, they decide to set up these ambushes and Israel, or I'm sorry, and Benjamin didn't expect this because Israel, it looked like was just fighting the same way that they always fought like. So what happens after this is Benjamin starts killing the Israelite men like they did before. And it says that they end up killing 30 Israelite men. They're starting to get all cocky and they're like, ha, you know, the Israelites are just fighting the same way they were before and we're going to take them like we did the other two days. And uh, this is going to be a quick battle is what they start saying. So Israel starts seeing that once again, they're becoming defeated against the Benjamites. But it says that because they put the ambushes in place, they trusted that those men 
in the ambushes would take care of the Benjamites if the rest of the Israelites led the Benjamites out to those ambushes, basically. So it says here in verse 32, the children of Benjamin said, they are struck down before us as at the first. But then it says, but the children of Israel said, let's flee and draw them away from the city to the highways. So Israel realized that Benjamin fighting inside of the city of Gibeah was for some reason giving them uh, an advantage somehow, maybe because they knew the city very well. I don't know. So Israel's like, let's draw all the Benjamites out of the city of Gibeah and into the wilderness. And then the ambushers will take care of them. And so it says in verse 33, the ambushers broke out of their place. But Benjamin did not know that disaster was close to them is what it says in verse 34. Then suddenly it says Yahweh struck Benjamin. And that's the most important verse, actually, I think that we're going to read in this section is that this was really Yahweh's doing. Yahweh was enacting judgment on Benjamin because of what they had done. Benjamin was clearly very corrupt at this point in time because they were allowing that kind of evil to flourish within their cities. And so Benjamin wasn't doing what they were supposed to be doing, which was expelling evil because the entire point of Israel was to be holy, right? To be separated, to be different, just as we Christians nowadays are called to be separate and different. And that is why we also nowadays shouldn't be allowing evil to flourish in our churches. But Benjamin was allowing evil to flourish within their cities and also protecting that evil. Because as you can see, and as I mentioned on Wednesday, Benjamin was totally protecting Gibeah here. And Gibeah was that evil city, don't forget. So Benjamin was stationing all of their troops, I guess, in Gibeah specifically to protect that terribly evil city. And so God, in verse 35, Yahweh strikes Benjamin before Israel. And then it says after this, verse 36, the children of Benjamin saw that they were struck because apparently what happened was after they were drawn out of the city of Gibeah, the rest of the Israelites went into Gibeah and started setting it on fire. This is very similar, actually, to another battle we talked about way back in the book of Joshua. We talked about Joshua's battle against Ai, and it was basically the same exact thing that happened. Joshua, you know, brought all of the men of Ai out of that city and uh, then went into the city and set it on fire. So then when the men of Ai like looked back at the city, they saw that they were defeated. And so Benjamin sees the exact same thing happen here. The Benjamins are drawn out of Gibeah. The Israelites go into Gibeah and set the city on fire. And it says that the Benjamites look behind them and see that Gibeah was completely engulfed in flames. Verse 40, the cloud began to arise up out of the city in a pillar of smoke the Benjamites looked behind them and behold, the whole city went up in smoke to the sky and the men of Israel turned. The men of Benjamin were dismayed for they saw that disaster had come on them. So they they realized that this city that they had been protecting, thinking that they were protecting it and stationing all their troops in it has now been completely defeated and all of their efforts are just gone because when God enacts judgment on somebody, there is nothing anybody can do to stop that judgment. And the Benjamites, I think, are starting to realize this a little bit too late. So then it says that basically the Benjamites got 
slaughtered after this by Israel. And uh, only 600 Benjamite men out of the 26,000 that they had were left. Only 600 men. And so it says that those 600 men fled. Okay. And it says that they fled to the rock of Ramon in verse 45. And uh, they stayed in the rock of Ramon for four months in verse 47. So it looks like only 500 or I'm sorry, 600 Benjamite men were able to get away from this because that is how severe God's judgment was on all of these Benjamites who were purposefully protecting evil. So eventually God will always enact judgment. Even though it sometimes looks like evil is flourishing, God will enact judgment. And actually, we just talked about this this week on one of my New Testament podcast episodes in the book of Acts. I talked about the same exact thing with King Herod. And, you know, he killed James, the brother of John, and he was about to kill Peter. And it looked like he was getting away with things, like terrible things. And I'm sure the church was like super dismayed that James was killed. And then Peter, of course, also looked like he was going to be killed until the angel freed him from prison. But the church was probably like, why is this happening? You know, like, why is God allowing this to happen to the church? But then at the very end of that chapter... It actually says that King Herod died. God always enacts judgment, even though it sometimes looks like it's taking a while. And sometimes we don't understand why evil is flourishing. It won't be long before God does, in fact, enact judgment. But here's the thing. So (laughs) it says that after God enacts this judgment on Benjamin and all these Benjamite men fall, It says Israel, the rest of Israel, decides to go in and literally massacre the rest of Benjamin. So they go from crying and pleading with God that they don't have to do this to literally slaughtering all of Benjamin. Here's what it says in verse 48. The men of Israel turned again on the children of Benjamin and struck them with the edge of the sword, including the entire city, the livestock and all that they found. Moreover, they set all the cities which they found on fire. So they have a victory against Benjamin, like one victory against Benjamin. And it's almost like they get a big head from that. And so then they go into all of Benjamin and destroy basically everything, like all of these cities. But God didn't say to do this. What did God say to do? God said to go up against the Benjamites. And I would even argue to go up against the city of Gibeah, because we do find out from the Old Testament law that when a city was that corrupt and that evil like Gibeah was, it was supposed to be destroyed and people weren't supposed to protect it, especially the Benjamites. But God certainly did not say to go and slaughter all of Benjamin. And so then that's what Israel does. (laughs) They go and like slaughter Benjamin. And we're going to find out that this was a terrible thing that they did. Okay, because they do two terrible things, actually. They go and slaughter Benjamin. And the next thing they do is they refuse to allow their daughters to marry any Benjamite men. So Israel is just not listening to God. And this kind of goes back to the whole thing of Israel had no king back in those days. They're just doing whatever they think is good in their minds, you know, and this is part of it. They see one military success 
and they like go off the deep end to destroy. And this is why we can't allow our feelings to guide us to make decisions. And so we're going to finish up the entire book of Judges on Monday. We will be done with Judges on Monday and we'll move into the book of Ruth after that. And then once we're done with the book of Ruth, I'll end up changing over to season seven as we move into first and second Samuel. But guys, I hope you've been enjoying the book of Judges and I hope you can see now why it's my favorite book of the Old Testament. (laughs) I truly love the book of Judges because it shows the human condition so well. It shows how bad humanity can get when you don't follow God. But then the other thing Judges shows is how gracious God really is. You know, how kind God is to always send leaders, to always deliver Israel, to constantly offer grace to Israel over and over and over again, even though they're absolutely being terrible sometimes. So we see two things, the human condition and God's amazing grace. And that is truly why I love, I love the book of Judges. And me being able to study it to bring it to you guys on this podcast has really made me love it even more. <laughs> so I, I do hope that you guys can understand where I'm coming from now when I when I told you all that Judges is my favorite book of the Bible. But anyway, we'll finish it up on Monday. I hope to see you guys there and also that you have a fantastic and wonderful weekend. Happy listening and God bless.